Well, hello there, friends, and welcome to another episode of Bridging the Digital Divide. I'm Lisa Kapala. We have a fully packed studio here, but we are doing as close to the six feet as we can get. Five and three quarters. We'll get the measuring tape after. We have Brad McKenna from the library with us. He is my Sherpa guide. Hello, Brad. Hello, Lisa. Nice to see you. And dun dun dun. We have Ryan Maliar, who is of WCTV. He is our what shall Youth we call you? Youth and content coordinator. Youth and content coordinator. And if you heard some scuttling over there, is all of us pushing as far away from each other as we could. It was, <laughs> it's a small studio, but we're, we're making it work. It's cozy. We are doing the best we can. Ryan does a lot more than um, youth and content coordinator creator. And we'll talk a little bit about, more about that. And the reason he's here is to talk about social media with us. This is another social media episode, but we felt like we wanted to delve a little bit further into the whole big menu of social media that there is and maybe give you some background into history. And also, too, right now, how we're using social media yeah. to stay connected. So, Brad, let's start with you, your experience with social media at the library. How has that changed in the years that you've been there? We'll just start now and we'll run until tomorrow. Yeah, so I, <laughs> I think that... Because it's a lot it, of change. So, yeah, so I think that over time, it's really segmented into platforms. Before, we would post the same thing to all of our social media platforms. And now we kind of have uh, targeted audiences for each platform. Like, we'll have a lot of, like, mothers are on our Facebook page. And a lot of other librarians and um, public figures are on our Twitter feed and stuff like that. So how do you find that information out? Obviously, those are called metrics for those yeah. of us who don't know. How do you find out who's plugging in? It's not even that. You don't even have dig into the metrics just look at who's following you and see what they who, who they are and sometimes you can tell whether it's like a personal account or a mm-hmm. business account by how they name it uh, Facebook's a little different because we have um, a, pl- a place page or an organization page or whatever they're calling it and so we have a page that isn't technically a personal profile mm-hmm. and so to post to it we need a- an admin account so like I have a work admin account where I post content to it okay. and so that's where in- uh, Facebook is different with twitter it's just we're just a regular account and so you have to do a little sleuthery sometimes yeah. to figure it out that's interesting too because not to liken it to television but when i'm watching television at home sometimes in the afternoon i can tell who their demographic is by the commercials they mm. run yeah so like if you're watching lifetime around one or two o'clock on a random Tuesday, you're going to see Depends commercials. You're going to see, you know, commercials for Ensure. And I laugh because that tells me that they, the producers, are looking at their demographic and seeing who is watching at that time. So that's actually kind of an offshoot of what we're talking about today, social media in general, but how social media is driven. Yeah, so social media is uh, tracking, right? So there's all sorts of tracking stuff. I always recommend uh, to people who are interested in Facebook, uh, if they're using Firefox, there's a plugin uh, called Firefox Container. And what it does is it stops Facebook from being able to track you when you leave their site. Hmm. And when normally what happens is you leave their site and you go to like Home Depot or something like that, you will actually now see ads on Facebook for Home Depot. Yes, people. this has happened to me many times. Yeah, so it's many called times micro-targeting. It's like they're listening to you, too. Do they have access to your microphones? Because I, yeah. I, is it a bizarre coincidence that right. I'll mention, oh, I'm really hungry for a piece of pie, and then I get an <laughs> advertisement for a pie on my Facebook? It's incredible. So they say no, but That's I've seen that so many different people report that. And so anecdotal evidence leads me to believe otherwise. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe it's all coincidence no. in a random universe. You know, I, do, I don't believe anything is really random, <laughs> but... If it keeps happening, 
Yeah. We should get a mathematician here or a statistician. <laughs> then it makes it non-random. Yeah. No, I don't know what the sure. word for that would be. But if it keeps continuing like mm-hmm. it is, then that means that it's not random. Yeah. So, so I know if you scary. download the app or something, it always asks you. Well, it doesn't ask you. It tells you that it's having. Uh, you're giving it permission to talk to the, the camera app. And that camera app, if you want to record videos, has access to the microphone. And so I think maybe like two degrees of separation, it may right. be listening, so which this, is scary. This is why we think Facebook, in air quotes, is free, yeah, right. but it's really not. Because you wonder, hey, yeah. you know, how can this amazing, wonderful thing, when you first kind of make your account and you get in there, you think, this is an amazing thing, it's yeah. free. But that's how they pay for it, yep. through the ads and through the other stuff. Yeah. But as a consumer... I feel like that it, it can be a good thing as well because a lot of times I am getting targeted with ads specifically for me that I do want right. to right. see right. and things I haven't thought of, a band playing nearby mm-hmm. or a concert coming up, a theater performance, stuff that is targeted to me because I have provided this information for Facebook. And then being on the other side of things, when I'm putting out advertisements for a business or you can when you're targeting a specific market you're using keywords and you're using demographics and information that other people have provided and you hope that they do want to see the information right, yeah. that, right. you're, that you're putting out there. So it's almost a double-edged sword. And how do you turn it off and turn it on randomly like that? You really yeah. can't. So I, I moment think the, to moment, you know. The issue really isn't so much the targeted ads. It's the uh, tr- lack of transparency, right? So like people, I, I don't want I don't want re- uh, advertisements for Depends. Not yet anyway. So right. like I think the tra- targeted advertisements is good. But the what they're doing with the data is behind closed doors. And so I think that we don't mind the, the targeted ads. We just kind I want to know if that's all they're doing with okay. the data. But being that I'm the novice here, <laughs> um, but a lot of times when sites or you know different ads or whatever will ask you, is this okay if we use cookies or is it okay? I'm just clicking okay. So so how can you say they're not really transparent? Because me as the user, I'm not reading all right. that stuff. We've talked about how we are. Most of us to click the yes before yeah. we even know your firstborn, your kidney, your data, whatever, <laughs> right. right? So I'm kind of telling them that's okay. So it's what are they tracking? So every site has different tracking, right? So the cookies is usually just like page data, like CSS style sheets. So like it stores a file so on your computer so it doesn't have to go to the server. It just speeds things up that way. There's also like login and cookies and stuff like that, saving your, your username and password sometimes. Right, right. And so, like, what is what what uh, what what content is in those cookies you're saying yes to? There's no transparency there, and if there is, there's uh, going back to plugins. There's a plugin for Firefox called Terms of Service didn't read is because you're not a lawyer, I'm not a lawyer, and so even if we did read the end user agreement, do we really know what it means? Right. And most of the time, it's no. Right. And so, like, there are that's another battle that's being fought is like the companies want to want want to do want as much information as they can, but like. They have to put it in like plain English, right? But right, they're right. not, and so like these kind of plugins, and uh, they're they're trying to help you. It's like where is the hidden points of data gathering? Mm-hmm. What what is this end user saying that in legalese that you would probably say no to? Right. But the issue is, you say no, you don't use it. That's what I was gonna say. So yeah. then you say no, and so then you're out of the loop. So I'm kind of at a weird yeah. position in my life now where I'm just saying yes to everything. Because I'm like, if I don't like it, I'll just sign out of whatever I'm in or I'll just scroll past it. 
because I'm tired of having to read all of that and figure it all out. And I yeah. think a lot of people are getting that way. I agree. But let's shift our focus a little bit to what Ryan does here regarding social media. Part of why we have him here is to talk a little bit about WCTV's uh, social media platform, but also to kind of share a little bit about Ryan's interesting life and how he's used social media. So let's start with kind of quantifying what was your first experience with social media? Well, I remember being in college and not being able to join Facebook because my college, uh, Boston Conservatory of Music, did not offer the students school email addresses. Ah, And this is going back to when Facebook was created specifically for the college (laughs) students to connect um, based on showing their face and adding some information about you and and being able to connect. And I felt left out of the equation because my school didn't offer an email. Now, anyone, their dog can even have a a (laughs) Facebook account, which is (laughs) hysterical. And you just need a Gmail. You just need a valid email account to join now. Uh, But that was my first experience, finally being able to get on on Facebook. That's uh, that's right. So you didn't actually come from the MySpace you started with Facebook. My, yeah, no, MySpace was before that. I guess some things that have fallen by the wayside yeah. since then have sort of fallen out of my consciousness. In a <laughs> right, way right, too. right. Well, but because I, now, I you think know. MySpace is still floating around yeah. mostly for musicians and people that are promoting their music. Okay. And what about uh, platforms like, let's say, oh, I don't know, Twitter? When did you start using that? Never been a fan. <laughs> I don't know much about it. Um, I don't really like it, and I don't understand the need for it. What, Brad, what is the reason to have Twitter? Or if you have Facebook, why do you need? So it's simplified. So you can't like really. You can't have this. You can't go on rants. Well, I kind of can, but the purpose... They added more uh, characters, characters because of the president, right? <laughs> That's why. Well, because it, he was, was running before, out of room. It was before and, the president. And so they made it bigger for him. S- He'll tell you that's why. Yeah, I mean, yes, he probably would, but sure, I think we'll it's not him solely time. him. So everyone uses social media differently and gets their information right. from different places. Right. And it sort of just so shows your personal style by which kinds of social media you're choosing to partake Mm -hmm. in. I actively use our social media as a tool here at WCTV, but on a personal level, uh, that's not where I'm going for the type of information Don't don't we feel like it's a little redundant, though? Because you put it on Instagram, you put it on Facebook, you put it on Twitter. Where else? I don't even know where else you would go. There must be more. So when I'm, I'm the person who's putting out these tweets or posts, I feel like I have a checklist of 19 mm-hmm. places I have to make sure this information goes. Wouldn't we prefer one-stop shopping, even though I know the word monopoly comes into play, but yeah. wouldn't we prefer that? So, uh, like, it goes, doesn't, Can't you put pictures on Twitter now? On Twitter, yeah. You yeah. can put pictures and videos, and, and it's, it's opened up since the original 140-character limit, um, but it's really audiences, and so I, a lot of activists use it to communicate for safety reasons and stuff like that. Okay. Journalists use it for breaking news, because sometimes you don't want a huge post you just want to you just want to send something out there to like break the story and so it's really it's fast it's mm-hmm. really meant for for like fast information um and it can be the confirmation bias is huge right so you have to follow people instead of friend them like you do on facebook and so you get what they're saying and and it's tough because a lot of the time the, you curate your own list so you're getting the information but only half the story and so right. it's, it's really just a matter of all these platforms just I don't even know how they they settle into the audience they do. But you have a lot of people using Twitter for the, to reach the audience that is there that they've mm-hmm. curated. 
and, and so, yeah, there's there's something called Hootsuite where you can sign into multiple services at once and mm-hmm. send the same message to everything at once. So you don't have to do that. We use that, right? That's yeah, what we, we use. We do Ryan, use tell us what Hootsuite is. So just like uh, Brad was saying, Hootsuite is sort of a one-stop shop for social media where you can post to multiple platforms and platforms being... I can, I'll read down a quick list of different social yes, media outlets do. right now because I have them in front of me. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Google Business, YouTube, mm-hmm. you name it. Hootsuite is not the only one providing this service. There are a ton of them because as the need for social media curation has mm-hmm. grown and as more companies have had the need to post to all these places at once, more different services have popped up, including yeah. okay. Sprout Social, Loomly, L-O-O-M-L-Y, Planly, which is specifically <laughs> for Instagram. Planned That is another Instagram one. <laughs> Tailwind. There are a ton of them. And some of them are, they're all trying to make the experience easier for the person who's creating the content. Right, right. So some of the ones that are for Instagram specifically, they allow you to schedule things in advance. So part of my, so let's say whatever company you work for, you, ha- you want to create seven posts a week, one post right. for every day of the week. You can either wake up every day and say, <laughs> okay, I need to do this post and it has to go out by two o'clock. Or you can spend an hour at the beginning of the week and plan out your social media for the whole week if your social media allows for that. If right. you're doing breaking news and you have really current information, it's not going to be able to work that way because you don't know what's going to happen a week from now. Okay, so Hootsuite is like the hub, mm-hmm. and is it sort of like a checkoff? You check off the boxes of where you want the information to go. I want it to go to Instagram. I want it to go to Facebook. Oh, this one I don't want to go to that, so I want to pick and choose. It allows me to make a template post, which is sort of a generic version, right. and then I will tweak things specific to each place. Okay. So the same at symbol Wilmington High School sports will only work for Twitter. Uh, it might have a sp- they might have a completely different Facebook link. So I'm going in, Facebook doesn't use hashtags, really, but Instagram certainly does, as mm-hmm. does Twitter. Right. So I'll be adding hashtags to those posts, but not having them in Facebook because they won't really generate anything. Okay. So how does this work for the average consumer? Obviously here at WCTV, we're, we're generating a plethora of texts, content, Twitter, YouTube, all of that. I can see where you might need that hub to kind of make your job easier and also make the planning uh, more smooth so that the information gets, you know, sent out to consumers or to listeners or viewers in a unified way. They can expect a certain thing. How does that work for the regular Joe like myself? I think the regular Joe, somewhere in their mind, is looking for the gratification of, of their opinion being heard. And that's what it comes mm, down to. It's yes. being seen. If you're, or being, it's being seen specifically. If you, if you're using Instagram, it's mm. all about photos and being right. seen. And maybe for Twitter, it's not about. It's about being heard, being being read. Right. Right. So. So. Would... So people are thinking of themselves as a business in mm-hmm. a way, even though it hasn't maybe it hasn't clicked in their mind that way. But if you're selling, if you're taking selfies all the time and showing your, how, yeah. how cute you are and showing your face, you're thinking of yourself as an entity worth sharing, which is what right. a business is, something it... worth sharing, something worth being noticed. They call them influencers. Yeah. So right? what the influencers are is basically a way to make money. I want that job. Yeah. If you get enough, <laughs> if you get enough followers. Right. 
I, I, I don't know how maker. it works exactly, but they will actually monetize your account. Right. And so you see, once Facebook bought Instagram, there's a lot more ads. And so those ads will show up uh, in your feed at a certain time. And I think that you certain companies will hire you. I know Bloomberg tried to do this when he was running. He wanted to hire p- influencers on, the, on Instagram. Oh, I like it. They were gonna, he was going to pay them to but I don't like it. I like it, but I don't like it. I like that you're telling us, yeah. but I don't like that. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's interesting. Any company can figure yes. out a way to use an influencer. Yeah. Uh, if you've written a new book yeah. and no one has heard of you before, you're not Stephen King, yeah. if you can pay an, inst- an influencer right. to read your book or not. Yeah. And <laughs> Just mention and, it. And mention it. <laughs> yeah. And put out a Facebook post, a YouTube yeah. uh, review of it, an unhauling, an unboxing of your product, uh, a a photograph on Instagram, and suddenly all the people that that person follows are now suddenly seeing you. Okay, but so how is that transparency? It's the same as having because all right, here having, I am. It's like having a spokesperson, like yes. having Cindy Crawford do her sure. her organic melon <laughs> treatment. What, who knows if it works? But Cindy Crawford is selling yes. it on yeah. QVC. Yes, yes. So it ooh hit the mic. That's okay. so it adds um. So so how as a regular person again does that benefit me now most of us have a side hustle these days right we're doing other stuff yeah. so i can see from a marketing point of view you mentioned bands ryan or um you know you you yourself are a singer so if you wanted to hire yourself out to do that that might using all these platforms might be great are we finding that some of these are niche i think of instagram it's you know kids the kids what i don't know 30 to 22 i'll say use that if it didn't get on Instagram that it didn't happen. So they're taking pictures of their food, where they are, <laughs> who they're, you know, I mean, are we finding that certain things are for certain markets of individuals? You, Twitter, to me, is a very sophisticated platform. That's how I yeah, view it. I th- right. I think you it know. taps into like social activism and just the, the world and news, really news. And so like Ryan said, that Instagram is for tw- is for uh, pictures. And right. that's just pictures. So like you can, you can log on to Instagram.com on your computer, but you cannot post anything from the computer you need the app right and so it kind of by it it kind of settles into things so you have like uh pinterest is big on like crafts and Mm -hmm. recipes and stuff like that so i don't even i don't know how things catch on so when you see folks come in for tech help are you seeing a certain demographic using certain types of apps so i'm seeing a lot of people a lot of senior citizens come in they want to use facebook because number one it's the biggest and it's pretty easy yeah right And, and and number two that's where their family is right right and so that's kind of what dictates it is what your family what your friends what your work co-workers use and you will go to where they are and that's really the, the name of the game is finding out connecting to people like you or connecting people that you can help or people that can help you and you you kind of have to sort through because each each platform kind of has its own audiences but it's not just one audience so okay. you can find you can find a lot of like liberal social activism on Twitter, but you can also find conservative action on Twitter, stuff like that. So, well, like, and then you get stuck in a loop though, yeah. where you're following people and you're only seeing or hearing or reading their yeah. point of view. Right. That's dangerous too. You want to be open to everything, but if you're in that niche market, it can be as serious or as lighthearted yeah. as if all I wanted to do on Twitter was follow comedians. I could. There might exactly. be. Some, there'll be some political stuff thrown in there because right. comedians are poking at politics <laughs> all right. the time sure. now. But it, 
it, it can be really catered to you. If the only things I'm following on Instagram are gardeners and flowers and hashtag my beautiful garden, hashtag spring flowers, then my Instagram will just be full of beautiful mm -hmm. things that I can scroll through and mindlessly love and appreciate. And that's a, just my visual consumption of something that I really like. And people want to enjoy using these yeah. things. Otherwise, they're not going to do them at all. Right. So by handpicking the things that you like and that you're following, it, it should bring it brings you a lot of joy every time you log on to right. it. And this is why we can all sit in front of the computer or our phones for hours. And you look up and you say, oh, my goodness, how much time has gone by? Yeah, right. Because you I do. You get here. Oh, oh, good. good. <laughs> let's, let's talk about that. As of January 2020, um, the average time spent using mobile devices each day, three hours, 40 minutes. Jeez. Wow. Uh, the share of mobile time spent on social and communication apps is 50%. So 50% wow. of that time, yeah. which is wild. And, and that's what people are reporting. That's you know what they right. can gauge without you know really keeping track of it. How do you feel social media helps WCTV and the library? We'll start with uh, you, Ryan. Well, social media is definitely a tool that we have to use because of the nature of our business. Right. We are not the the normal the normal business because we are specifically creating content and that's where a lot of other companies fall short is that they have a lack of things to share we don't have pictures they say we don't have videos to share we have an abundance of it so we're just fulfilling the need to to share to share all the information that we're creating and so that's what we're doing. We're constantly pushing out information. The downfall of that is that it isn't necessarily catered to individual tastes. It is catered specifically to Wilmington. It's right. very Wilmington-centric. So I'm not going to expect someone from, from, even from New Jersey or someone from Canada or China to follow us because why would they be interested in this Wilmington content? So I have to remind myself of that all the time when, why aren't, why aren't we getting thousands of views on this? Why aren't we getting hundreds of new followers? Because there aren't thousands of new residents in Wilmington right now. Right. So once I accepted that, and <laughs> I, I was a, a lot more content about what we are doing, and okay. that is sharing these things to the different outlets that will appreciate them. Okay. And when podcasts are shared from WCTV, do you have something like Hootsuite that does that? Because this is available on, you know, plenty so of platforms. Is, it's sort of its own setup, similar to Hootsuite, where we share it to uh, one server, which is SoundCloud. And from there, that podcast is sort of grabbed by a whole bunch of different locations, including iTunes and uh, some other ones. Stitcher, Stitcher blah, blah, blah. Uh, Spotify as well. Okay. So that makes it easier for the content creator or you who is pushing out the content we've created, that you've created too. Uh, it makes it easier for you. It's more that one-stop hub, and you just know it kind of trickles down from there, similar to Hootsuite. Absolutely. Okay. And for you, Brad, how does the library decide... Where are you going to post where? You guys have a ton of stuff. Yeah. Catalogs yeah, and events. So it's, and it's kind of an extension of our physical library. We have that we want to give, provide people with services in, in a community, really. So that's the, one of the biggest things is like having people post. We, we post a lot about events or services and right. stuff like that. And we want to encourage engagement. So we're kind of like the same as WCTV where we don't have a huge following, but that's okay because we just a small f interactive following people 
sharing their uh, thoughts or opinions or why they love the library with right. other people, stuff right. like that. Now, um, do, you, do you actually get engagement on eh. library posts? Because <laughs> I try. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. And I, you, always, you know, they, there's tips for engagement, which is posing a question. Um, here's the cheerleader's routine. What yeah. did you think? Did right. you like the song? Yeah. What do you want to see here? Are you excited about this? And they go, the responses are, are very difficult wah, to get wah, out of wah, people. Wah, so, right. <laughs> yeah, so we found, like, memes are very popular. So, like, with library, we, we have a built-in kind of, like, ecosystem. Like, so if you were trapped on a desert island, what fictional character would you want there? Mm -hmm. And so, boom, you know, everybody who loves to read has their own opinions. It's hit or miss. It's so hit or miss. And uh, the marketing librarian, Danielle, and I can't, just can't figure out what's going to grab people's attention. But just attention. because people aren't responding doesn't mean they're not reading True, it. True, but that's the thing is we you know? want that engagement to kind of create that digital community around the library. So how do you not force but gently nudge the viewer to actually click and type something like, i read yeah. a ton of stuff and i share a ton yeah. of stuff from lots of places but i don't get a ton of uh comments i get likes or little yeah, hearts which or is stuff. so easy to do but, how right. you, but that to me when i'm yeah. when i'm reading other people's stuff i at least give them a like yeah i saw it that's like my check mark to you <laughs> i saw it saw here's check, my yeah. point of view is it important that we have engagement or I mean, I don't know. Do you feel like sometimes you're in a vacuum? Well, I feel really? like engagement is often spurred sometimes by real, by important issues. Mm -hmm. And for someone to, and, and some people need to be really passionate about something to reach that point where they're actually going to type something engage because typing takes a lot of thumb power you know <laughs> right, right. and time. So, we're all pressed time. for time. Plus now we can't even do it while we're driving. So there's, you right. know. The consumer who just wants to consume, consume, yeah. num, num, num. and then there's the other person who wants to, to participate more. And if, so frequently, I'll share, we'll we'll share things to other outlets like the Wilmington Community page, which, if it's something political yeah. in nature, or if it's something really affecting Wilmington in a in a legitimate way, mm -hmm. something to do with politics or planning for the town, that will stir mm -hmm. conversation, and that's a way for us to really be a valuable part of the conversation. So it's it's constantly showing our value and constantly showing what's important to us and our mission statement is reflected in the types of content that we're sharing and generating. Okay. Yeah, we have, so like right now, we're using our social media platforms to update people of what the library can offer. Right. And so like we, uh, we're updating it as like, so right now the staff is only there, no mm -hmm. public, but if you had a hold, you can call the library so to pick up it, we'll bring it to the door so you don't have to come in, stuff like that. So it gives it like uh, breaking news type stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but... It, it depends on the content. So don't you feel on some of your postings that, or Twitter tweets, or whatever <laughs> you're doing, that no news is good news? Because most of the time, don't you think people would be more apt to comment if they didn't like something? Uh, you know, hey, where is that badminton match I didn't get to see on WCTV? Or why isn't that book available? Mm -hmm. More than, way to go, I love what you did. Do you find that you get more negative response than... No response at all. What do you think? I, uh, no response is the most common response. Gosh. I, and and I think this just feels to the habit of the people who are following us on those platforms. That if they're just consuming, passive. Yeah, yeah, passive. Yeah, exactly. And so okay. that's just the, the way it is. So that's frustrating to you figure out. You can't blame them though, because mm -hmm. I think how often do I? How often yeah. do I? Right. Yeah. This is why I try. I'm trying to be better. That's why I'm doing my little like check mark. Because yes. at least I have <laughs> you know half a second to do that. Yeah. Well, it's tricky because to share something from our company page 
to a public forum, I, the company page itself can't share. I can't, can't oh, cannot right. share it to the Wilmington community page. So I personally, yeah. right. Ryan is right. sharing. You personally, Lisa, mm-hmm. are sharing to right. these different outlets, right. whether it's your own page. So it's also the, the decision, do I... Have I become the spokesperson for WCTV? Do I take on that responsibility in all of my social media presence? Right. And that's a large undertaking. And that also might require some sort of confirmation from the higher-ups in your company that you work for. Right. And many companies do lay out a very strict laid out social media plan Mm -hmm. for for their their workers. and oftentimes, on a positive note, so large companies will will also delve out benefits to people that work for their companies that participate in social media and help drive that social media for the company that are active in sharing and active in getting likes and put and finding new outlets and ways to share things. That's a big benefit for other companies, and they will put rewards and nice bonuses in people's checks for hmm. for doing that as as. Cool. As a sort of sideline off of their regular job. I do think about that when I post something from WCTV onto the community page, because I'm a regular person on the community page. I do think about my responsibility to that yeah. and the ethics behind that. And, and if I'm going to catch any flack or if anything's going to be said, do I want to take the heat for that? People can be pretty subversive online, especially because they're not in front of you. Yeah, you know, the, so the barrier of technology lets people say vicious things. It's horrible. It's, it's horrible. So I'm um, just looking at my uh, notes here, and I see that, you know, the first beginning of all this craziness was LinkedIn. LinkedIn became bef- before Gmail and Facebook. Mm. So who's using LinkedIn now? I've got a real dusty LinkedIn profile. <laughs> <laughs> it could, I could just blow off that. 2003, dust. it says that. I don't know. That must have been the precursor to all of this connected stuff. It's, it's like a professional uh, social media uh, platform, so it's, it's like, Facebook for grown-ups that yeah. want to stay grown-ups. <laughs> that you put your resume in there, and there's actually job postings on LinkedIn now. Right. And they've really rolled out something called LinkedIn Learning. Oh, uh, so you can learn, you can sign up for classes. Um, Microsoft bought it a while ago, so they're kind of geared, moving it that way. Yeah, but uh, it really is a a glorified resume because it yeah. allows right. other people that you have worked with mm-hmm. to pass little evaluations of you and say this right. person is good at social media yeah. this person is a good uh is a hard worker this you know, different things that you have on your on your resume already linkedin sort of divvies up and allows people to to chime in and say yes this person is a great actor mm. and i'm like oh how do you know he right. never worked with me right but i'll take I'm it wondering, <laughs> i'm wondering how how uh, how much that helps with finding jobs. Maybe um, if your friend tells you, hey, there's a job over here, look here. But I don't know if people that are hiring, are they, they Some companies do. So some really? companies do use uh, LinkedIn as a kind of like information gathering. Um, it's not like a, a job aggregator like Monster or ZipRecruiter, I think is the big one now, where companies have to have to go there because that's where people have their profile. Mm-hmm. We could do a whole thing on job jobs in the we'll internet. We'll get to that. Totally Next do season that. There's three, so much we'll involved. do that. But yeah. it depends. Some companies it, do use it. Some even people virtual use, interviewing now, too. Y- yeah. Skype. Even yeah, we actually did that once. Uh, I think a couple of years ago, we ha- we interviewed somebody over Skype from, from New York, and it's just a way to kind of expand the applicant pool. And it's so far beyond the paper resume. Mm-hmm. It, it, the, People want, uh, I need person who's hiring is looking for a, a lot more validation and yeah. the credentials of a person coming in for a job. And, and they're going to look through your social media presence as yep. well, right. not only to check on 
the validity of your resume, but to maybe see if you're a match for the the social aspects right. of the what company, are you into? Yeah. for the corporate culture that you've created, right. and you. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? It depends on who you are. This is true. And this is why we have to be careful about what we post and put because it's forever, forever. All right. So then we see 2004 Gmail got created. So Google created their own email service. So that must have been after AOL? Oh, yeah. AOL goes back to like the 90s. So why do you think Gmail wanted their own? Just because they could? Basically. So uh, Google originally was just a search engine and and it wanted to diversify because you can only do so much with a search engine. So um, they're into so much things. Like we said last week, right? Or last, not week, last uh, episode, Google Suite. Like, right. right for businesses, they just they've diversified. But they're all kind of all these companies are stealing from each other, though. Really, it's oh, the absolutely. same technology. Absolutely. It's just what you that call list it. I read you through know? earlier of all the of all the social media hubs to post. They're all the same thing with yeah. a different spin, yeah. with a different layout, and it, it's up to the consumer to pick and choose what they're really looking for. And and if they don't know what you're if you don't know what you're looking for, you're going to pick the one that most that everyone else is picking. Yeah. Yes, and a lot of times I find stuff by accident. Um, you know, I've been binging Netflix like crazy, and it'll recommend stuff to me. Yeah. It'll tell me what everybody else is watching. Yeah. I like that sometimes because I found things that I normally sure. wouldn't yeah. watch. All right, so then we got the birth of YouTube in 2005. Let's talk about YouTube. We have a WCTV YouTube channel. The library must have one too. Yep, we have one. Why? Video. That's the big thing. So, like, the internet originally was just text, and then they rolled out uh, pictures, and now it's all video because you can do more with video. So but you can do that on Facebook, too. <sighs> sort of. It's a different platform, I mean, it's Facebook right? Facebook Live so and all that. You can do it now, right? So, like, the Facebook Live is most likely a direct answer to the YouTube popularity is because people were able to post like unboxing videos like you said right. I, I post tech tutorials like how to use overdrive oh, that's where I'll go because that's right. what the platform was originally made for when you go to YouTube you know what you're going for you know if I'm going to youtube.com or using the YouTube app it's because I want to watch videos mm-hmm. if I go to Facebook which is more of an all one yeah one stop shop, shop yeah. I know that I might see a video but I'm not going specifically for a video I know I'm gonna get just a lot of content and have the option of a messenger feature <laughs> and just access to a whole t- a whole slew of things on Facebook. The uh, the other ones are more specific mm-hmm. to to exactly what you want. If I want videos, I'm going to Facebook, yeah. Instagram if I want pictures, Twitter if I want to do some reading. Okay, yeah, what yeah. about the quality control though? Cuz YouTube a lot of times you go there and 404 errors or it's no longer there or this content was yeah. removed. I don't see that a lot on Facebook, although I'm seeing it more. So yeah. what about the quality control on YouTube? So the YouTube, it, the biggest issue is copyright infringement. And okay. so when you get the 404 errors, that usually means that uh, the video had some copyrighted material they didn't have the permission to. We ran into it once or twice because we had like parades or something digitized and they were playing a copyrighted song. Right. And right. so they took it down. And so we have to like we have to like strip the song from the video feed if we want it to show. Uh, you get a lot of people like uploading their VHSs of movies online and really? stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, on YouTube you get you can you can watch old movies, old sporting events, and stuff like that. But the YouTube has a better algorithm to catching copyrighted infri- copyright infringement. Facebook doesn't have that. Yes. Mm. And so that's why you'll see a lot more error, not found errors on YouTube than you would Facebook. Okay. Who's bigger? Do you think Facebook oh, or So YouTube? YouTube is owned by Google. So, oh, well, never so mind. So Google wins. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> okay. What about you, Ryan? We use YouTube here. How do we utilize it at WCTV? Our most popular YouTube channel is for the high school sports and all the high school activities. And that is really playing to that particular consumer. High schoolers who want to watch the, the football game or the cheerleading competition are using YouTube all the time. They're very familiar with it. Um, WCTV, we have our own video server here, a VOD, Video On Demand service, which goes through our website, and you can link to it through Facebook, and you can link to it through an email, but for a consumer who's using YouTube all the time and has followed WCTV Wildcat Sports, the Wildcat mm -hmm. channel, they will now get an alert every time we post something on that channel. And that's what we want, is we want... We want people, ultimately, we just want people to see what we're making and what we're putting right. out there. So if, if that means catering to a specific demographic in a different way, and it's not that difficult in my workflow, then we're going to continue to do it. You have to okay. go where people are. So, I mean, you know. I want to be where the people are. Yes. <laughs> so, so regular folks like me have their own YouTube channel. Businesses have their own YouTube channel. Conglomerates, bands. Is it going to get so glutted, Brad, that it's oh, it not even worth is. it to oh, go? Yes. Because I, I, I've been using YouTube lately to um, fix stuff. Oh, like, great, yeah. oh, okay, I'm trying to change yep. a light switch, which oh, I actually did. Great, yeah. And somebody said to me on Facebook, don't bother calling the handyman. Just, you know, YouTube it. I'm like, Absolutely. oh, okay. So it, it really but is you, but true. But did you find the information that you needed? Yes. Right yes. away. Yes. Because the other thing that people are good about is liking things that are good and disliking things yes. that are bad. So when you do that search for how to clean my drain yes. with a hanger, yes, because you can be as specific as mm -hmm. you want yes. in these search engines, you're, the ones that are going to rise to the top are the ones that have the most views and the most likes and are therefore, hopefully, <laughs> the most accurate for right. what you're doing. And I was amazed by it. Yeah. And I thought, wow, this is really an amazing thing. But I had never used it that way before. So do you think we'll see more of that? Absolutely. I use, I've been using it for tech help myself. If I run into an error and I can't figure out what it is, I'll, I'll go to Google. And sometimes, especially with technology, it's so much easier to see it done than read about it. Right. And so YouTube has been invaluable. I tell my my uh, tech help patrons that if you have a problem, Google it and go to the, go to the What's YouTube nice, result. too, is you can pause it and rewind it exactly. a billion times. Yeah. You can zoom in. You going can too see slow, stuff. You can speed it up, too. Yeah. Double, yeah. double yeah. speed. Or yeah. you can slow it down. Yeah. I use it all the time as well because technology is constantly mm -hmm. changing. I know. And here, even the, the software, which we use to edit videos here, Adobe Premiere Pro and Photoshop, YouTube is loaded with people that are really, really good at it, yes. that I'm looking for new tips and new ideas and new tricks and transitions and things to spice up my videos and keep them current mm -hmm. all the time. So how do you post your own content on YouTube? Is it difficult? No, it's just that there's an upload button. And oh. it just has to be an MP4 file. Well, I'm sure I could oh, do it can that. Be, it can be any video format. Okay, any yeah, format? Okay, cool. All right. Time. That's great. And then I'm looking at my list, Snapchat 2011. <laughs> Does anybody use that anymore? I mean, I Kids. did see a resurgence <laughs> for a while there. It looked like it was peaking back up for a yeah. while there, but I don't think... So the funny story, so like I have, we now have expanded tech help offerings. We have high school volunteers that come in uh, and do drop-in tech help. They're called the Tech Buddies. And I had my own drop-in, I have my own drop-in tech help. And I have uh, a fairly regular patron who wanted to start using um, Snapchat 
in his in his work, but he didn't know how to use it, and neither did I. And so I had to talk. I had uh, I talked to Nico. Is his name the tech help guy, uh, the uh, tech buddy? He knew how to use it. So it seems like the high school generation, or people in high school right now, are the people using Snapchat because it's past. It was invented after I got you know firmly embedded mm-hmm. in the social media platforms that I care about. Uh, young Americans ages so twelve to twenty four, and the statistic I have here from Statista. Yeah. Um, Facebook is in the lead, 74%. Instagram right behind at 59%. Right. And Snapchat, 57 Interesting. Wow. And coming up is TikTok, oh, yeah. which is... Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's some It already has 800 million monthly active users. So tell us what TikTok does. What does it do? TikTok... Short videos. Short video content. Um... Lots of, of copycatting things. Yeah. Lots of lip sync to the song, do this funny dance. So like challenges. Challenges. Okay. Put this pepper up your nose. <laughs> Ridiculous things. Yeah. Right, Not right. geared towards us. <laughs> yeah. But in terms of social media and what any business needs to do to keep up, a TikTok presence certainly yeah, wouldn't Yeah, I mean, if you, you own, if you own Red Bull, you might want to be on TikTok you because that's your, your appealing hipster. to a younger crowd. Then you that, need to get on TikTok. That one's loaded because it's owned by the Chinese government. <laughs> what? So, <laughs> I did not know so it's the, yeah, it was created by some entrepreneur in China, and I think the go- I believe I'll have to double check this, but I believe the Chinese government owns it, and so there's a lot of political ramifications. But it is open to anybody. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm so. not touching that one. Yeah. <laughs> and then I see something else on my list: VR and fake news. So virtual reality, live videos, 360 videos. Are we seeing more of that? People doing actual, the whole, you know, like you're there. Are we seeing more of that? I haven't seen any, but like VR is really, is is new because it's just so expensive uh, because you do, you need to have that immersive capability. Um, But uh, Oculus Rift is a company that Facebook, of course, bought that has uh, developed a VR headset and it has controllers so you can like interact it, interact with the environment. Um, The library just bought a a set of VR headsets that's using Google Expeditions and it's like view only. So like we have no handsets or controllers to actually interact with it. But VR is really allowing people to view different areas or different um, objects uh, greater, right? Because the 360 degrees allow you to see more than just a flat image. uh, I mean, I think about when I go to real estate sites. Yeah. And you can take a tour of the house. Virtual tour. And even Google Earth or aerial view, Mm -hmm. you can, boy, it's a little frightening what you can do if you've got time on your hands. So as me as the regular person, how do I know what things I want to be part of? I think most everybody goes to Facebook first. I think you need to just try out the smorgasbord Mm. and see what works for you. And find, you know, find someone who is social media savvy and might participate in in all of these, and have them walk you through and hands on in a hands on mm-hmm. way with a little bit of guidance, and you'll latch on right away to see what you like and what you don't right. like, and and you'll gravitate towards that. Okay, how do websites play a role in this? Because when you go to the website now, we have a lot of embedded, I believe is the word, content. So (laughs) if you go to our, yay, I got it right. So if you go to our main page, you might see, click on this and you can see this. How does that play into that, embedding videos onto websites and things like that? I think it's just a website is another opportunity to link all of your different 
social media con- content together. Right. It's just another place where where you can find all those different outlets and and. I think that's ease of use for people more. Um, it, so if I were you know an older person, which I am, <laughs> I might go to a company's website first before I would search for them on Facebook yeah. or look for them on YouTube. I think yeah. I would go to their website first and see yeah. what they have. Ryan put a, uh, made a good point earlier of the, the names, the, the at sign, right? So you, we were lucky, the library, everything we have at Wilm Library, that's what we have, or Wilm Library, I can't remember, something like that. It's on our page. Yes. Um, and so that may be the way to find out their presence, because just because it's the company name doesn't mean they have that uh, the handle on all of those social media platforms. Because a web page can act as your personal web page or company web page right. can act as a portal for all of your presences, okay. and that will help you find the right per, the right account right. on each of those. So platforms. I guess if I were trying to decide something about a company, I probably would go to their website first yeah. and see what they had on there. But then I would do a little more research. I might Google them after that. Sure. Because they're only going to put the good stuff of course. on their website, <laughs> right? So you're going to see all the beautiful, great stuff there and then maybe do a little more research. But how do I know as the consumer of all of this what I might want to try? How do I know if Twitter's for me? I can tell you right now Twitter's not for me. <laughs> Have you not tried for it? Me. I'm trying to try it, yeah. <laughs> but I can't seem to get there. I don't I don't get it. I'm not subversive enough and I don't have I'll anything sit down interesting with you, to say. And we're gonna just write down <laughs> some of your favorite keywords. Yeah. Because true. you might be surprised on what type of content people that are very similar to you okay. or people that are aspirational to you are yep. putting out. And I know that you like the aspirational things. I do. You like the common quotes. You like sure. the ins- inspirational ideas, things that get you thinking and inspired. And for you to follow someone like Deepak Chakra or Chopra, I think his name, yep. or someone else who's putting out these sort of things might be the type of okay. information that you enjoy consuming. And you might be surprised. All right. So that way you use the hashtag search. Because the hashtag search in Twitter and Instagram, at least, will uh, give you a, a feed of any accounts using that hashtag. So think of something you're interested in. Search for the hashtag. So hashtag and then inspirational quotes. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, and give it a shot. And there and what, it is. Um, any hashtag you think of is out there because it's just so big. And so in that feed with all of the, the people using that hashtag, you can go to their account from that feed and start to follow them. Twitter just feels flat to me. I think because I came from a Facebook world. Never yeah, did the Instagram thing thing. Yeah. Twitter just feels very flat and kind of Cheerios to me. There's no real flavor there, but I know it's good for me. That's kind of how I feel <laughs> about it. It's it's really. much more simple because it's much you know, more stripped down. Yeah. And, and, and I know they're adding more to it, though. You can now add videos to Twitter, yeah. which you couldn't before. Right. But that's probably because the owners of Twitter are trying to you know, sort of Facebook. add in the little mm-hmm. doodads. I'm wondering if eventually we'll just have one big thing that does it all. I don't think so because these companies are so. No, but that's big what I nowadays. want, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want one place. Maybe no. so. Maybe something like Hootsuite will be the answer, right? So well, you Hootsuite can is good because it funnels outside. it all down yeah. for, well, Hootsuite for me. Hootsuite is not where I'm consuming. Or where I'm necessarily right. seeing other posts. Yeah. It's where I am posting my information. Makes it easier for me as you the can. giver. Yeah, you can do that, though, because we have it so we know when we're mentioned or mm-hmm. what ha- we follow certain hashtags to stay up. So you can use as a as a publication tool uh, to multiple platforms, but you can also consume as well. The other tricky thing, I don't know if this is going too deep, is that when you're using a tool like Hootsuite, which is sharing to all these individual sites, 
all these individual outlets prefer when you share directly yeah. through them. If you share a video oh, yeah. by going to Facebook and you and you share a post, Facebook is going to like it more than if you used Hootsuite to share that exact same post. Well, that makes sense because they want all the credit. And that's important, too, you know? because you don't see everything that's posted on any of these platforms because there's so much out there. So they're using these algorithms to curate the content of what you see, even if you always want to see something from your sister. You may not, because the algorithm may not like what she posted lately. And so that's where you're talking about if you post it natively on Facebook, Facebook likes it better, so it's going to bump it up in the algorithm. Even Facebook and YouTube don't like each other. Facebook (laughs) would would always prefer if you post a video directly through Facebook, uploading it to Facebook. That will show, you'll even get a nice video preview as you're scrolling. Oh, I see what it is. If you post a YouTube video, it's going to be a lame looking link and no one's going to want to click on it. So so if you can post a video directly through Facebook, great. Okay. Do I know that as the person who is trying to disseminate this con- content? Nope. You don't know that. Okay. Is there a fee for Hootsuite? Uh, there's a very basic version, which is the one we're using, because we're only posting to three social media networks, which, okay. and it gives you a certain number of free post schedules. Okay. And as they get used up, they replenish. I think you can schedule 30 out at a time, which is plenty for us. Right. Um, if you wanted to post to LinkedIn as well, and also to YouTube through Hootsuite, we don't use Hootsuite to post to our YouTube because we want to really control mm. right. how things are appearing and how things are being organized. But if you wanted to post to... M- a lot more outlets at once, there would be a okay. fee involved. All right. So the last thing I think we'll jump into before we get back to our real life, because we've been chatting quite a while, and we can go look at Facebook after this. <laughs> Yay. Um, metrics. How accurate are the metrics that we see under YouTube? You go, and it's, you know, two million people viewed this. Don't they only count the first few seconds, and couldn't it be just me hitting play? Depending on the, on the service, it will determine how many views based on a a certain period of time, based on a three-second minimum or Mm -hmm. a a certain other other ones will provide a a 30-second or a full playthrough. It depends on the different service. We grab stats for all of our stuff, and uh, the YouTube stats gives you an average percentage viewed. And so you can see that, yeah, the video is viewed, but people are only watching the first three seconds. So I'm not sure how the how those stats work. It's interesting because I don't know. You, you, those views can be inflated, right? Because you yes. can go back to the video and keep watching it yes. over and over. And, and it will kick up that so number. So do they do something like let you know with the metrics the IP address of the person? So if it's Mary Jo at Happy Birthday and she's watched it 15 times, wouldn't we know that it's not her? Like, How do they tell yeah. you? When they give you the views, they just give you a number. Yeah. They don't tell you. unique users yeah. and even sometimes see where in the world they're coming from. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to yeah. say because it it's hard. not like the Nielsen ratings. And that's ratings, why there are, there the are jobs now and people specifically that are devoted to creating a, to SEO and content yeah, and, yeah. and making sure that your content is being seen because of this competition and pileup that happens as soon as you post a video there's something else coming up so right. there are, there are now marketing positions that are so specifically geared towards making sure that you are seen definitely mm-hmm. tough to stay current so there's no way we can really tell if those numbers are accurate they, or inflated so i'm frustrated most by like facebook because we do we want to make sure that we're using facebook for uh 
the way people are going to want it, but they keep changing the metrics. Mm. So like we, I can't have a, a, a graph of like total impressions because they change the way they captured it. So metrics are, are funky because it's not consistent. And so it, it, you can get kind of a general picture, but depending mm-hmm. on the platform, y- you may not be able to delve too deeply. So that's tough. So if I'm trying to figure out something based on the views, that might yeah. not always tell me the thumbs up or thumbs down on YouTube only tells me how many views. But there are comments on YouTube, too, which is sometimes Dangerous. helpful. <laughs> can be helpful. What, what causes something to go viral? And what do we mean when it goes viral? Does that mean over a million if, if views? If you find out, let me know. I'll yeah, right. I'll, I'll copy when, that. When we say, oh, it went viral, how many views? I don't I don't know that? what they... So viral is just such an ambiguous term. I think it just means that it's... Um, <laughs> on the consciousness of people that don't normally use either that As platform. the Netflix people say, trending now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because when we, uh, do you remember that thing on Facebook with the dress or the, oh, whether the you saw it as blue or, or gray yeah. or that went viral yes. because I was, everybody was talking about yeah. it and you knew, oh, have you seen that thing with the dress? And it became yeah. so commonplace that everybody knew yeah. what it was, but there's no way to predict, predict what's okay, going to no. cause that. no. Yeah, no, and do I you want that? I don't know. Uh, well, if it's something horrible you did, like <laughs> say you fell down a flight of stairs, God forbid, and people think it's funny, it becomes viral. Yeah. Well, you're the butt of that joke. Yeah. Uh, you wouldn't want that. Yeah. So I don't know. It, yeah, who knows? Know. Who knows how the internet Maybe works? Maybe this podcast <laughs> will go viral. All right. Ryan, anything else you'd like to tell us about social media, either your use of it or WCTV? Unfortunately, tell you that it's it's not going away anytime soon. <laughs> right, uh, right, 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 right. I this, mean, it's this a good one, news, bad news. This thing. final fact that I have is really interesting. Okay. There are 3.8 billion people using social media today, more people than there were on the entire planet oh. in 1971. Wow, That's I crazy. was here then. So put that in perspective. That's crazy. We're, how you far know, we've come? I, yeah. Yes, I mean, it's good, but I get nervous about how dependent we are on these things. And, you know, we're obviously we're experiencing some stuff right now in the universe and the world in general. Mm-hmm. And I worry it's nice to have the connection that we have. You know, if you have to self-quarantine or whatever you're doing, you can still Skype. You can still do all these things. But I worry about our dependence on these things. That's what I worry about. I would just say, from my perspective, to remember that you cannot hide behind your social media. And I would encourage people to always think of it as an extension of them and preferably an extension of the best version of themselves. Hmm. You can, I've seen so many people rant and rave on social media and kick themselves in the butt afterwards for writing that thing or sharing that nasty comment or retweeting that terrible person. Be- even though they agreed with it, I like to think of my social media and my page is as a pleasant place to visit, showing the best things in my life. And yes, no one's life is going to ride on that, that rainbow the whole time. Right. And there are ups and downs. And it's okay to acknowledge and, and share the difficult things in your life. But r- think of it, uh, how, yeah, how, do you want, how do you want to look back on I, it? This yes. isn't your private diary. Mm-hmm. When I go to put something distressing, because I've had moments where I want to share something like that, I always think twice about it. Yep. At least you can delete on Facebook and you, you can also get it sh- out of there. You can also share with a uh, subset of your people that you follow. So there's more. Th- it's becoming, of because of the blur between public and private and people doing stupid stuff online and losing jobs. Um, no. There are a lot of these. Poli- not, Facebook is really leading the way. You can share something public. You can share something with your friends. You can create like a close 
friends group and share just with them and so then it wouldn't be available for yeah, everybody the people losing jobs over posts and stuff that kind of oh. bugs me and i'm not mm. some of it i mean is totally legitimate when you hear some of yeah. it i also think freedom of speech and we should have a right to be somewhat different people when we're not in our work clothes than when we are but yeah. but i don't know it's a gray area i mean you know that's yeah. why you have to be careful yeah, it's, it's tricky. It's a yeah, it's a hard answer. It's definitely tricky. Shall we do the food for thought? Yes, hold on, and I will get that ready. And now it's time for your technology tidbit. Food for thought. All right, so uh, I can't really top Ryan's there. That's pretty good, <laughs> but I'll try. So I kind of got a twofer. And so in uh, in 2006, Jack Dorsey, one of the founders of Twitter, sent the first tweet ever, which was <laughs> very uh, inspirational. Just setting up my Twitter. But the Twitter was spelled T-W-I-T-T-R. For whatever reason, they don't like the E. Um, and I'll give cool. you another one here, too. So the 140-character limit was originally a cell phone-imposed limitation. Uh-huh. So messages can only send 140 characters. You know, I do remember Twitter originally being something you would use on your phone. Mm-hmm. I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so it was, it was using, an, it was, I think it was piggybacking off the SMS uh, protocol, and so that the older phones could only handle 140 characters. By the time they cool. Twitter expanded it to 280, phones could have been handling it for years. But I kind of like the fact that it is kind of stripped down because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's quicker and it's right. cleaner. All right. Can you tell folks about the companion page in case they want more info? Sure. I want more. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> so if you go to wilmlibrary.bdd, you'll see uh, a list of the past episodes and the current episode. Cool. And you can also... Excuse me. You can also uh, submit suggestions, uh, comments. There's a, there's a form on the, the bottom of the page for you. Yes, and since we all are hanging out at yeah, home, right. we have plenty <laughs> of time to listen to all these things and comment on all of them. Ryan, anything fun you'd like to add? No, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having <laughs> me on, Lisa. You're welcome, and thanks for all the social media stuff you do for WCTV. Brad will be back with another episode very soon. We're getting so. almost to the end of the season. We yeah. usually try to do 20 episodes in a season, and we have something really special planned for the 20th. So thank you so much for being with us and for listening to Bridging the Digital Divide, and we hope you'll listen again with us very soon. 